Hello everybody, my name is Jordan with a silent PH in the middle, and this is the Saturday Morning D&D Show, and in this episode we talk about Gen Con. Uh, the whole episode is kind of Gen Con, and we just talk about our experiences, the people we met, and the fun that we had, so enjoy! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Saturday Morning D&D Show. My name is Jordan with a silent PH in the middle, and I am joined always by my wonderful co-host, Sir Lucian, over at Sir Lucian Gaming. Say hello, sir. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. It's been a while. It's been a week or two, yeah, whatever it's been it has too, been. Too long, we'll say that. Um, yeah. We had high hopes of streaming at Gen Con, and uh, I actually did a uh, internet speed test at my Airbnb, and they had <laughs> um, 200 down, 200 up. And I was like, oh my goodness, if I had brought a laptop, we could have totally been streaming from here. And that would have been a lot of fun. Um, and then we were also going to do just like record a game and maybe, or, or not not a game, sorry, record a session of the Saturday morning D&D show and release it on Monday as a, as a VOD. But mm -hmm. uh, that didn't work out either because we're busy and it was Gen Con. <laughs> Um, but we're back today and we have lots to talk about. Well, we're mostly going to talk about our Gen Con experience, I think. And, um, yeah. just other things that are in the news and popping up and stuff. But, uh, I have to really cough for a second. <laughs> well, you go ahead and cough. Uh, oh. I see in chat, we've got a lot of people. One of the coolest things of Gen Con was we got to hang out or meet many of the followers that come to our show and, to sit in our chat channel or help us out when we're doing streams and stuff. And we got to sit around at either a dinner here or there. We did a meetup at some point, you know, so it was really cool to see lots of these people. We saw Cyberwolf and LB hack them up and we saw, um, uh, indoor was there and I'm trying to think of everybody. Well, I won't get all the names because there were so many people we met at the same time and your brain always just goes blank the minute you try to remember everybody you did. Um, but it was cool meeting up with all of them and, and seeing the people that you maybe only see online at times, especially for me and Jordan, who don't live in the same place. When we go to kind of this area to play games or to meet up with these people, we've only seen them through a web camera or something, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm quite a few of them. So it's cool to, you know, hang out with them again and see them and, and do some cool stuff. But there was a big Kalamazoo contingent that was down there this year. Yeah, that was good. That was fun. So, <laughs> so my whole town was representing for sure. It was pretty cool. Yeah. So, uh, so, so how was your Gen Con experience, sir? Like overall, I guess we'll we'll do we'll do a broad scope. We'll narrow it down to like the the nitty gritty, and then we'll do another like wrap up at the end, I guess. But yeah, I I don't know if it was my best Gen Con yet, but it definitely was pretty close. Like it was, I've done four now. And okay. if I were to rank all four, this was probably number two for me. Um, this was really good. Almost number one. Um, I was able to really do just my own schedule because I didn't volunteer to GM this year, which was kind of the first time I, I didn't volunteer to GM. Yeah. When you do volunteer, which is really cool and really fun, you get to meet a lot of people, it does constrain your schedule. So like all of a sudden, you're trying to maneuver everything around these couple of commitments that you've made to do a couple of things. Um, and this time I just had a wide open schedule. So Thursday, I was able to do all the stuff I wanted to do in the vendor hall. Saturday, I signed up or Friday, we signed up for a couple of games. Saturday, we did a couple of games. Sunday, we finished off with another vendor hall. Uh, run through and it was just good it was just it's nice knowing what i know now how to do gen con like all of the parking all of the hotel stuff all of the right. travel is all like locked in for me like i've got all the nuances and i understand all the little intricacies and it was fun to talk to all the people that were there for the first time too because there was a lot of first timers that we kind of sat with or chatted with mm -hmm. here or there and just to hear you know there are things like oh, i didn't know this is what it was going to be like or this is different than how i thought or i didn't know about this thing and just thinking i'm almost starting to feel like a gen con veteran a little bit now mm -hmm. so i think it was pretty good but what about your gen con how's it rate to because yours first was last year yeah so this is big number two um you know it's it's like game wise, I had so much fun playing in that Numenera game that James ran last year. Mm -hmm. And I still think about that as like, like that was really cool. But I did like um, 
So th I did like that I could uh, kind of come and go the con as I as I pleased. Um, and I, I don't know. Overall, I think this one was way better. Like, I met a lot more people. I hung out with uh, Ted from Nerd Immersion a whole bunch. And we ended up doing, like, a, we walked the whole floor. Uh, and that was really fun and just kind of did random little things. Like, we walked up and there was no line for the Battletech simulator games. And we're just wow. like, well, let's go buy tickets and, like, go do that right now. So uh, we went and did that, and and I don't know. So I would say this is this was better than last year, but last year I didn't really know what I was doing, and mm -hmm. this year I definitely mm -hmm. had a, a better idea. I had signed up for games ahead of time, although of those games I signed up for three and I only went to one, so I feel kind of bad about that. Which which they always say like if a game is sold out, like just show up with generic tickets because odds are you'll be able to get in, and mm -hmm. that is completely true because when you sign up for an eight a.m. game on Sunday and you didn't get home till midnight, you don't really want to wake up at seven to get to your 8 a.m. game. Yeah. So it makes sense that people, yeah. So, but um, no, it was it was really good. Uh, mostly, I think, I mean, obviously it's, it's like super fun hanging out with you. Like the first time we met in real life was last year at Gen Con. And yeah. then this year we were running around together. We played a game together, which was fun. Um, mm -hmm. We had a lot of like dinner and lunches and stuff. Um, and then, but just the people that I got to meet was really cool. Like, yeah. uh, a lot of podcasters and a lot of, uh, Twitch people and a bunch of YouTube people. Like I met Seth Skorkowski, which was really awesome. Like I just, he think his channel is the bee's knees and that was really cool to meet him and chat with him for a little while. And I'm yeah. always surprised when other YouTubers know who I am. And mm -hmm. he was like, oh yeah, I know you're Jordan. And I was like, oh man, that's so cool. So <laughs> it was way fun. Yeah, he sat at our table for quite a while, for, and like I think he he kind of mingled around in that that dinner kind of party that we were at, and then just decided we were cool people to talk to. So he kind of sat at our yeah. table for a while. So that was the first time I hadn't seen his videos before then, but I definitely came home and started watching some of them. It was pretty good. Um, and yeah, it was. It's the amount of people we met this year was definitely probably more than we met last year. Um, how many? How many pins did you give out for fans that came in, in to the show? Or did, you see, did anybody stop you this time? Yeah, yeah. I got uh, a guy stopped me and had me sign his uh, Dungeon Master's Guide, which was kind oh. of cool. And uh, <laughs> so I gave him a pin. Um, I got stopped on the showroom floor a couple times when I was just wandering around. And then... Uh, not a ton though so that's fine yeah, like that's i'm not great. i'm not yeah like i'm yeah. it's it's cool when people stop me and recognize me but overall it's kind of nice to to be able to be like walk from here to there you know yeah um, more yeah. i got i got recognized more this year than last year and that's probably just because the channel is now uh fifty thousand subscribers as opposed to like the 25 or twenty thousand that i had at the time last yeah. year so so we're enjoying the good times of still uh an anonymity before <laughs> you know before it goes crazy uh so that was cool so as far as well when you go to gen con one of the things we always do is we always end up buying something new or, or getting some new stuff so what was the coolest thing that you bought this year what was the, the um, best? oh i should have like i think it's over there and i i won't go get it but um they had this gen con hoodie ah. and i'm a big fan of hoodies and it was like officially licensed branded gen con hoodie and um it just has like a little d20 logo that's like <laughs> faded uh on the side and then on the inside of the of the hood is a bunch of like different dice designs um mm -hmm. and i think that's my favorite thing that i bought so far like it's too hot to wear it right now but mm -hmm. come like october it's going to be my new favorite hoodie because it's really comfortable and i love that it's just nerdy and dicey and and that's awesome so i think that's I probably my favorite thing yeah, I bought one of those at PAX Unplugged and I wore it the entire winter long. It was so good and such good material mm -hmm. and made very high quality. And it was yeah. just, I wore it all. all a so little long. more expensive than, for a hoodie than I want to pay. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, it's funny because my wife and I were talking about it and I'm like, I really want this hoodie, but it's really expensive. And she's like, you should just get it because you're going to overthink about not getting it and you're going to feel bad. And I'm like, okay. So, so I went in with this mindset of like, even though it's expensive, I'm going to buy it. And I bought it. Um, but, uh, then I told her the price when I got home and she's like, Oh, maybe you shouldn't have. And I was like, you told me to get it. What are you doing? You can't just say this. She's like for a hoodie. And I'm like, well, it's a really quality hoodie. And, but you're right. I'm, I'm paying for like 
I, you know, also to remember the con and just have a cool piece of, of like memories and things like that. And, and it's going to get a lot of use. So I, I was okay with, with my price. Or a little, a little Gen Con tip. You might think, why would you want a hoodie anyways, when it's in the end of July and August? August, Yeah. Well, the convention, when you're in certain areas and certain rooms, the AC is so cold you actually need a hoodie yeah. or some people have blankets or whatever. Cause some of those rooms when you're in playing those games can be freezing cold as it's trying to keep the whole convention down. But those little rooms are just getting blasted. Yeah. It's like walking into a freezer. So it's really cold. Yeah. It makes me feel, I always feel bad for the girls in like sundresses and stuff. And I'm like, Oh, you're, you know, you look so nice and cool and whatever. And then they walk inside and they're just like, I have like a layer of thin fabric and it's just like mm-hmm. an ice freezer on the inside of the convention yeah. floor. Yeah, Because you go outside and it'll be super hot when yeah. you go out to those food trucks or you're walking from one restaurant to another. It's like in an oven, but then you get back into that conference. It's pretty cold. So, so I got that. Cool. I bought um, I bought my wife some souvenirs. I got her a Gen Con dice bag. And then um, Chessex Dice, who has multiple areas throughout the vendor hall, they have um, these giant D6s. And so I bought this mm-hmm. giant D6 as like a novelty gift for my wife as well. Because um, she's oh, like, well, right. she's like, like plushie. You sh- no, no, it wasn't a plushie. It's just a oh. solid D6 about this big. Like somebody bought a plushie one. Yeah, was it LB? Maybe it was LB, LB bought the plushie. LB that we were bought a plushie. That's what it was. It was a, that was a um, gelatinous cube plushie, which was really yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, so she got some gifts. Yeah. And so I got then, and then I bought, uh, well, I didn't buy this. So uh, my friend, uh, Nathan, my dungeon mm-hmm. master, he texted me and he's just like, have you picked up the sequel to Kids on Bikes, Teens in Space yet? And I was like, oh, I walked by the booth, but I didn't see it. And I was like, maybe they sold out or maybe they don't have it. And he's like, I'm pretty sure they have it. And so he sent me another tweet of a guy who had like got his copy of teens in space. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, I got to get to the floor. And at that same moment, LB Hackamup sent me a message and she's like, hey, I'm on the floor. Do you need anything? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, I need this book. I need uh, teens in space like right (laughs) here. Um, and so she went and picked that up for me and was very sweet. And I'm like, Hey, I'll pay you back. I'll do all this other stuff. And she's like, don't worry about it. Just put me in a teens and space game and we'll call it even. And so ah, that was really, go. that was really awesome and sweet of her. So thank you, LB. I super appreciate your gift. And I've read it cover to cover and it's awesome. It's got mechanics for ships as well as like your, your teens that are navigating a ships and your different alien species. Um, it's really cool. So I want to put together a teens in space game at some point. Um, and That's we can cool. stream that over the web, which will be yeah. really awesome. Well, and you you were kind of careful with your purchases. And you had been last year, too, mostly because you don't have a lot of luggage space, I think, yeah. is one factor. But obviously, the new baby coming is obviously yeah. another factor weighing on, you know, I'm going to spend a bunch of money. I obviously overdid everything. Yeah. Well, we yeah. walked through the floor, and you're just like, trouble. yeah. Oh. <laughs> you're like, oh, you don't have this basic version? I guess I'm getting the deluxe version. Yeah, and I'm like, all right. Right there. <laughs> But that's awesome, though. So what games did you pick up uh, and what did you? Yeah, Uh, so probably my best, my favorite thing I got um, are probably the T-shirts, funny enough, just because I found um, the guys. Can we play D&D T-shirts with the, you know, Stranger Things Mm -hmm. font, which I really love. And I like my other can confirm D20 T-shirt, which was really good. And I'll get a lot of use out of those. The games, I think, are going to be great. I bought a couple of expansions to the legendary board game that we played um, in Gen Con last year. We didn't play as many games back at the hotel this year. That's something um, that I'm hoping we do more maybe the next time. But we played a really fun board game where it was a Marvel board game, and it's a card-based game, and it's a builder. And we had five or six people playing with us, and we were playing different versions of it. So I got a couple of new expansions for that. So the next time I drag that out, it'll be super fun. And my nephew liked it too. So hopefully we can play that again. The other thing that I really, really, I think I liked everything I got, but I really liked was the Warriors and Weapons from Jim Zub, the Young Adventures Guide, because I really wanted to know what was in this. And it actually is. And it's like D&D for younger pretty, people, right? Yeah. Well, it's like an introductory to the world of Dungeons and Dragons, but oh, not necessarily the okay. rules of Dungeons and Dragons. Cause you, you know, like a 10 year old might not know exactly what a halberd is, or they might not understand the difference between leather armor or studded armor or chain mail. But this kind of walks you through those kind of differences so that if you do get in a Dungeons and Dragons game, you start to understand how that affects you. And he signed it for me and we, I even talked to him for a few minutes 
Um, and he was a super, super nice guy. Probably one of the nicest people I met the whole time I was there. Um, and the one thing I really liked in here, it talks about the warriors and weapons is all about the martial kind of classes. So it talks about the paladins and the warrior or the fighters, um, the monks. Um, I think even the thieves are in here and some of that. So it left out some of the spell casting classes, but it kind of focuses on that. And then it focuses on the weapons and the armor. It talks about how the equipment, what is a Dungeoneer's pack? What is this kind of stuff, which some people probably don't know, but there was one other cool thing in here with the other one, which is the monsters. Uh, I forget the name of the other one, um, which I don't have sitting here, but one thing they did really cool is they showed the size of the monster they were talking about this in this case and this one's a rust monster and they show it next to a, a standard human you know average you know 510 or 511 human and so you get a really good idea of the size of creatures and i kind of wish they did that in all of their books because yeah. sometimes people will say well how big is the giant and you might think well if it's a stone giant versus a storm giant versus a hill giant versus there's a lot of different sizes there and you're not necessarily quite sure here you know how big mm. something might be um and they with this little visual i think that would really help people get into it so i really like that i enjoyed those two books um read through them page to page that you read them in about an hour so you could hand it to somebody who's never played dungeons and dragons and just say this is kind of a little bit about like what it is an hour later they'll be done with it and they'll have a pretty good understanding of what you're doing it talks about how to be an adventurer and why you might be an adventurer and the, and the different things that you can do so i thought that was cool i bought um usually when i go to gen con i buy one rpg one board game and then maybe a t-shirt is all I did last year. This year I went a little overboard. So I got <laughs> some expansions. I got some new books. But the new RPG I picked up, which is right here over my this shoulder, Forbidden Lands. Everybody's yeah. been talking a lot about this. And I haven't read through it yet. But the artwork is done by the same person that does Tales from the Loop. Um, so that artwork cover art looks really cool. Everybody's been talking about how good the system is. So I can't wait to dive into that. I have not yet. And then I also picked up, um, my, I played a demo board game and the minute I played it with them, they showed me at Gen Con how it worked. I was sold. I was like, I'm coming back for this. And that was that one you were talking about where I wanted to buy the normal one, but they had sold out. So I had to buy the only chance I had was a discounted, um, uh, like deluxe edition. Deluxe set. Yeah. And let me tell you, so I grabbed that and that was the last thing I picked up, which thank God, because that thing is so <laughs> heavy that as I was leaving, like me and you kind of left and we we're like, okay, we'll see you next year and everything's great. I had just got out of the hall and the bag broke that was trying to hold it. Oh it no. So heavy, it broke the bag. So then I'm carrying it like this on the way back, plus the other stuff I had in my hand. So like that whole walk back to the car was excruciating. So tip Gen Con tip number two Anything you're going to buy that's heavy, be prepared to buy that last so you don't have to carry it around while you're walking around looking at stuff and doing things and trying to, like those people with big backpacks and stuff, you can fill those up pretty quick, but be prepared to carry those really heavy boxes because it was really cool. So that was the other thing I got, and um, I think that was about it. I handed out a few pens to people I saw that knew our show, um, which was pretty cool. I think it was two and we actually did a game with some fans so that was kind of cool yeah, on saturday so i think that was it for about purchases you can go overboard quick like if mm -hmm. you walk through there and somebody said here's a thousand dollars for you to do a spending spree you would agonize over not having to be able to spend it because there would be so much that you could buy but you would just be like oh i want this and i want that and i want this thing and i want that thing and there's so much going on in there that it's really fun so well we went to uh like a there was a booth that was just like indie RPGs mm -hmm. and there alone, I'm just like, well, that one looks cool. And this one looks cool. And I am the dice mechanic in this one. And like, I could have just bought like a whole bunch of them. Um, it would have been awesome. Yeah. So, so that was super cool. And I think um, purchasing wise, I see my dog sneaking in here. Oh yeah. Doggo uh, alert. <laughs> dog alert. It was pretty good. So I probably, I probably could have, bought a tiny bit less for sure uh, i think i went a little overboard this year next year i think i'll go a little bit lighter mm -hmm. stick to my go to gen con and buy one t-shirt buy one new rpg and buy one new board game and that's it like those are the three big purchases so i didn't do any dice do you buy any dice that's no. what most people go through is yeah. they go and buy dice so i feel like it was i feel sad about this because last year i found a booth that had gen con 2018 dice 
and it mm-hmm. said it was a D6 that said Gen Con 2018. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to like, and in my mind, I'm like, I should do this every year. And then I'll have like a cool like dice chain to remember all of the Gen Cons that I've been to. Well, mm-hmm. I couldn't find it. And then uh, I couldn't find a booth that had dice like that. And then, and honestly, I didn't get to walk the floor that much at all anyway. Um, Mm -hmm. because I was just busy running around with other people. But we went to, uh, so later on, I was looking online, I think uh, Tuesday, and they were like, hey, did you miss out on these Gen Con 2019 dice? And I'm like, I did, dang it. And it was like a full set of dice and it said Gen Con 2019 and it was really cool. And so um, part of me is like, well, maybe I'll like look online and see if I can buy something. Um, And that would be really cool. Or go back next year and find them and ask them if they have the 19 version. Cause I noticed you could buy the Gen Con 2018 pins and 2019 pins like they had a surplus from last year so if you wanted to buy last year's pin you could but uh yeah so i didn't get any dice um but i have a lot of dice i don't really need dice so i'm okay <laughs> i know lb bought a bunch she's talking about her new dcc dice it must she must oh, have yeah yeah we were talking about dcc a bunch um because i want to run this perils of the purple planet that's hopefully going to come in the mail i'm like chomping at the bit for this this box set to come in the mail and then I was telling her, I'm like, yeah, they've got like these funky dice. And she was like, oh, new dice? Like, <laughs> uh, I'll be right back. And she like went and grabbed herself a set of uh, Z- Zoki dice, Zochi dice, mm-hmm. which are the D7s, D5s, D14, D16, et cetera. So yeah. it's fun. It was funny too, because we met up with a lot of people and usually it was, hey, let's go to either a restaurant and sit down and then they show up and then we got to sit and talk with some people, which was really cool. But LB was probably the only one that actually walked around with us through like, well, oh, yeah. More- couple hours at some point where it's just hanging out so that's that's why lb's in a lot of our stories this year <laughs> <laughs> that was fun it was yeah, way fun so it was pretty good so was there anything that you well you kind of said that what you missed so you missed your dice roll i was trying to think if there was anything i couldn't get that was sold out or i wanted but they didn't have i don't I don't think I usually did. I think they I got sell all the out stuff a lot I of wanted. stuff. Yeah. Um, they didn't have like the coupon books that they give you usually have a lot more free stuff. And mm-hmm. this year it was like, you get this with a purchase. So uh, I noticed that they, they weren't giving away as many like free items this year, but um, yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, they, there are a couple of booths there. I went to geek tank games. They've sponsored yeah. some of my videos in the past. And I kind of met the guy who I've been emailing with this past year. And so I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm Jordan. He's like, yeah, I know who you are. I'm like, cool. And so we chatted a whole bunch. They make a uh, little, uh, not little, but they uh, cut out uh, dungeon mm-hmm. pieces that you can like kind of lay down like a tent or lay down a, a dungeon wall or something. And so you can kind of augment your, your drawings on the, on the, battle map with their their stuff and so it's like really cool down 3d versions of yeah. things so you just lay them flat on your on your maps and... um and they were giving away all kinds of stuff i guess they found a waldo a where's waldo and they said here take these coupons um or these like get get one item free and if somebody finds you like they find waldo hand them out to them and, he, and the guy was just like oh okay and so we, we were standing <laughs> there and they had like four or five people walk up and they're like i found this waldo and they're like here you go here's a free free bunch of dungeon tiles and stuff. And so that was really funny. Um, That's cool. But yeah, I don't know. There was, there was a, le- but overall it felt like they were giving away less free stuff this year. They definitely wanted you to buy something, which is mm-hmm. fair. They're, they're all businesses. Um, but yeah, I went to the DCC booth, which was really cool. We went to the Paizo booth, which had uh, all of the play, uh, Pathfinder two stuff, which mm-hmm. I flipped through the monster manual a little bit because I was really curious. And like the monster manual, I think it's called the bestiary and the uh, Pathfinder two second edition player's handbook. They're like beefy books. I was Mm -hmm. like, that's like, I think somebody online said that the Pathfinder two like player book is the size of the dungeon master's guide and the player's handbook combined of fifth edition. So it's, it's this really thick book of, of rules um, and uh, we didn't get a chance to get into it. Um, I didn't play the playtest cause I played it last year and I heard that not that many stuff had changed or not that much stuff had changed. So I, and I was busy running around, so I just didn't get around to it. But, um, one of my patrons is really excited for Pathfinder two. And so I'm, ex- I'm curious to pick his brain. Cause I want to, I want to know like, uh, what, what, what makes this so exciting, I guess, mm-hmm. um, because it's like a lot of people love Pathfinder and I get that and I understand why they like Pathfinder. Um, but when I look at Pathfinder 2, I'm always kind of like, well, who 
who asked for this? Like other than the company is like, we need to publish new content in order to keep publishing books and things like that. Um, right. But uh, Ted and I were walking around and he's like, oh, I need to show you. Cause we were talking about like Adventure League isn't, is, is big at Gen Con, but not as big as it could be because Wizards of the Coast isn't there organizing it. Um, mm -hmm. And he led me to the Pathfinder Society room and it was Pathfinder Society and Starfinder Society. And I, that was huge. Like, did you ever peek into that room? No, but I've seen it last year too. And yeah, every convention I've been to, the Pathfinder Society rooms are way bigger and have way oh, more tables. It was huge and it was packed. And I'm just like, clearly this is, I mean, a thing. People are really excited yeah. for it. Um, Zris in, in chat here says that there actually are a lot of changes from the playtest. That's not what I read online, but I will take your word for it because I haven't read uh, the, yeah. the new material. But uh, yeah, so just the overwhelming like people super excited for pathfinder 2 and it was you know they announced it and it's released at gen con and stuff like that um i think we should we should buy some pdfs or something and and maybe try to get a pathfinder 2 game going because that would be really cool Definitely. i don't know yeah, if yeah. i want to run it because it seems <laughs> like i watched the geek and sundry and i'm just like ah it's a lot of rules it's a lot of I don't know, but uh, I feel hesitant about it. But I'm I'm curious enough that if somebody was like, "No, I want to run a Pathfinder two game for you," I'd be like, "I'm down. That would be really cool." Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. There's a few games like that, really. Too Pathfinder, I think, is one of, or at least Pathfinder two is one of them. Um, I'm trying to think of the couple other games where I would think I would rather just play in them mm -hmm. than be the GM or the DM or whatever they call them for that. Like I think Invisible Sun was the other one we were talking oh, about because we yeah. sat down and. And we looked at Invisible Sun, and I was like, okay, this is cool, and I like where it's going, but wow, it feels like it's a lot for a GM yeah. to understand, so like, I want to see it played first. Where... I feel like I need <laughs> I need six months of not doing anything so that I have yeah. time to thoroughly read Invisible Sun and understand it before that, but but that was really cool. We went to, Monty, we went to the Monty Cook Games area, and we got a guy to come over, and he just talked to us about Invisible Sun for like 30 minutes, and I'm mm -hmm. just like, this is like the coolest RPG but it's so much like there's just so much going on here. And I was asking yeah. dumb questions because I'm like, is this just kind of story based or is there combat? And he's like, no, there's combat. There's this. And you're all like kind of magic users in a way. And you follow the path of the suns. And I'm like, yeah, that just and that so guy cool. is one of the main yeah. people at the company besides the actual writers, Monty Cook himself yeah. and, and Shauna and, and Bruce. But he's the main business guy of that company. Come over, sat down and just yeah. gave us a bunch of cool information. Um, and I did. I saw Skull Dixon said they did release Shadowrun 6th Edition. And I sat down and I played 6th Edition Shadowrun. And I really liked it enough that I might get back into Shadowrun. Whereas 4th and 5th Edition were big, crunchy games. And a lot of people love them. Or at least they love the genre. They may not be in love with the system but they're willing to pit up with the system because they love the genre so much that the new sixth edition they might finally get both you know get to eat their you know have their cake and eat it too kind of thing mm -hmm. where they love the genre and it has all that really cool stuff and the game system feels really good and fun to play and easier to manipulate and maneuver around because i had a really good time demoing that um this year and it was a surprise i just walked by a, a table and i looked and i thought sixth edition i didn't know that was out and they were like yeah we just released it within the last couple of weeks we're demoing nice. it sit down have some fun i was like that was cool <laughs> to be able to do that and i played so many good demos and so many good games um gen con tip number three i think i'm on at this point for all of you that are out there use gen con or at least in my opinion use gen con to go do those things you don't normally get to do so like yeah. a lot of people might say well you guys are huge into D, D. we run a D, D show we run tons of campaigns how much D, D did you do there and really it was very little except for our one game on saturday it would have been none yeah like, as far as, because what i did do while i was there is i played all these other games i don't get a chance to or i got to see how they play or i tried out these board games or i tried out these indie rpgs or i tried out these new other things because it just gives you a chance to try stuff that you don't normally get to do. So it's, and I played the funnest RPG session I've ever had at a Gen Con. I sat down and it was a Sentinels of the Multiverse superhero game that I had kickstarted but had not really got in. Like I read it, but I, my brain wasn't clicking how it was working. Mm -hmm. So I set it aside and I haven't really gone back to it yet. I sat and played in a game with somebody who understood the rules and how it worked. And it was so fun. It was like kids on bikes tales from the loop fun it was really good <laughs> now i'm like now i've got to play a good superhero i've got the perfect superhero 
um, RPG system. to have people yeah. play. So it's so good. And it's a really different system. It's a really different building a dice pool and using different mechanics and very narrative the way it works. Um, I got to sit you down and play because I think you'd really like it. So yeah, I'm that was really that. cool. And, I, and that board game I played was really good. And like we sat in um, last year, I bought a game that was called um, The Refuge and I, I dragged uh, um, Jordan over to play it. And we played this yeah. zombie game where you start at the beginning. And, and of course, Jordan beat us right off. We're trying to show him the game. And he's like, just, yeah, I was like, so what do I do? And I've got these cards and they're like, yeah, you need this yeah. key to win and you need this. And I looked down at my cards. I'm like, well, I have everything to win. So I just like, doot, 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 doot. And I jumped across the board and won. And they were like, well, yeah. that was right. quick. And I'm you like, yep. <laughs> so, and that was a really fun game too. It seems like a, yeah. a cool game to kind of just so and yeah my nephew people. loved it. he beat me the first time i was trying to show him it and i was like i'll take it easy on you because i played it like a million times now and i know all the strategy and then he beat me in the first game too i'm like all right i guess it doesn't matter <laughs> and what was the name of that board really game fun. again what's the, that, well, the for, refuge the refuge and what's the name of the board game that you you bought the deluxe edition that you really really liked city of kings city of kings because i don't think we've mentioned yeah. that before and people in chatter are really like what good. is it so that one's like a um city of kings and it's really cool box that looks really cool artwork it's got the the foil on it at the moment i'm going to do an unboxing of it because it's it's spectacular but it has these almost like coaster sized cards that you flip over and have different things so you build those out into a an area that you're going to explore and you have some medieval fantasy kind of creatures and you have a worker which is represented by like a, um, a wagon that moves around and can do stuff. And then you have a hero and you play these two things, you move them around and explore these tiles that pop open. And sometimes they'll have cool resources or sometimes a creature will pop up or something or like a quest thing will pop up and you play through this and it's cooperative. So you can have a bunch of your friends with you and you can be doing these things and you play through like a scenario. And then when you're done, they give you another scenario and you set up all the tiles a different way. And it just was really cool production value to it. Really a lot of replayability to it. Um, and it was really fun. And they were saying that like, if you and your friends both got a set of it, you could take all those tiles and make much bigger maps that you could go out and explore. So it was almost like a, a cool exploration game that you could play all together without having to have a GM or a DM there because it all just the way the mechanics work. Mm. It's almost like a GMless RPG in a way. So it was mm. kind of fun. So really liked it. And I can't wait to play it. Really good high quality stuff and, and moving around board game stuff. Mm -hmm. So one day I will unbox that at some point. I still have <laughs> that one to unbox up there. <laughs> So many different things that were, were really fun. So that was cool. What, um, I think I already know the answer to this, but of the people, obviously besides me, because that would be the best answer, but <laughs> the people you got to hang out with, what was the, the best person or group of people you got to hang out with this year that maybe surprised you or you didn't know you were even going to be hanging out with them? I think I already know the answer, but. Well, now is, I want to know who the answer is. I'm thinking you're going to say Ted, but I, oh, I'm, okay. I'm seeing if no, there might be another person. And, and that was fun. I, uh, it was really cool. Like Ted and I just, we spent the day together, which was really fun. Um, uh, or the afternoon, I should say into the evening. Uh, but yeah, we, we ended up doing a, he runs a, a Twitch channel called, well, he runs nerd immersion, which is a YouTube and a Twitch channel, but on Twitch, he does a show called let's build care or it's, it builds character. I think where mm -hmm. he builds a D&D 5th &D edition character based off of like an anime or something like that. And uh, I was watching this one day a long time ago and I'm like, hey, you should do, and I was just watching American Gods. And I'm like, you should do Mr. Wednesday from American Gods. And he's like, how about we do that live at Gen Con? And I'm like, oh, that sounds fun. So we ended up doing a live stream at Gen Con in the middle of the afternoon. So there was nobody to watch because everyone was at work. <laughs> but uh, the, the VODs out there, if you want on, on his channel, but that was really fun and we we built uh mr wednesday from american gods using the fifth edition rules um mm -hmm. and then on my patreon i've been doing a podcast where i interview my friends about dungeons and dragons so i brought my recording equipment and so ted and i ended up talking for like an hour and a half just about how we got into D D, and i recorded the whole thing so that was really cool um and that was just a lot of fun and then we wandered the floor a whole bunch but i got to meet um uh, Celeste Konowich, who is the DM for the Venture Maidens, and that was really fun. And so we hung out for a little bit with her. And then I got to meet uh, Lazy Mermaiden, uh, who is, uh, her name's Katie, and I follow her on twi uh, Twitter. So it was just really cool to like see faces to 
to Twitter accounts and things like that. Um, and yeah. And then like, I don't know, there was just a lot of people that I got to meet, uh, briefly, I guess. Like mm -hmm. I saw indoor adventure who somebody I really wanted to meet and I met him and it was just like, okay. And we chatted for, you know, 30 minutes. And then I saw him basically at the beginning of the con at the very end of the con. <laughs> so, um, and LB yeah. was fun to hang out cause, uh, she drove me to my Airbnb, which was really cool. Uh, and that was nice of her. And so we ended up hanging out quite a bit, I think, just cause, uh, you, you had to take off for the day. And then with the two mm -hmm. of us met up and just kind of hung out and chatted about Dungeon Crawl classics and, and various other RPGs that we like. And, and Jordan wants to get a secret stream together. So I'm looking for players. And so that might be one of my, my players will be really cool, but, yeah. uh, yeah, I don't know. What about you? Who did you meet? That was really yeah, cool. It was awesome for me, um, to meet up and have lunch with Nate. W -A -S -T. Oh, that's right. We had lunch that day. That was really fun. Yeah. yeah. And because he's from Michigan. So it was another Michigan person to meet up with. And we sat and had a really good lunch and just sitting and talking. Um, and I'm trying to remember his friend's name that was sitting right next to him. But again, I, I'm so bad with names. Um, but he was really fun and interesting. And I can't yeah, wait I to, can't you know, meet either. up with him again at some point, too. Because they were just really, they, they just reminded me of us quite a bit. Oh, yeah. You know? Um, and his friend was great playing games. Yeah. His friend was great though, because I had just come back from my Juncture Crawl Classics game where mm. it was a bunch of strangers laughing at a table, having a great time. And he, he said it really well. He loves RPGs. And he was saying that he's like, role-playing games are the only medium that I know of where complete strangers can be at a table and it's completely comfortable and okay to be silly and outgoing and over the top. And mm -hmm. everybody just, it's, that's encouraged. And you, you're just laughing and having a great time with complete strangers. And yeah. I was like, that's so true because that was my game this morning. Like I didn't know anybody at my table. Nobody knew who I was. And we just had a great time like dying and, and, and being killed off in dungeon crawl classics. And it was like yeah. the most fun ever. And so that really resonated with me when we were having that lunch and stuff with him. Yeah. Really and cool then people. for me again, too, was another, another Michigan person hanging out, LB hanging out probably more than two or three times that we did get to hang out. That was super cool having the extended time, even though she lives right here in my town. And I could probably go <laughs> hang out with her anytime or she can come out or and hang out. We'll probably do more this year than we did last year. But um, it was cool because we had been in a game a long time ago. Like you can go and see some of the old VODs of this show where I'm talking about playing on a, and it was a Saturday or Sunday game where I was playing with LB and her husband and they had a GM and I was, I got to play a, a cool um, gnome ranger and it was having, was having a lot of fun. And uh, that game kind of went off as people's schedules did different things, but it was cool just to, to meet back up and hang out with somebody again. And that, that much, right. Cause not just passing, like it was cool to see indoor again. I saw him, you know, a couple of times when I was at PAX Unplugged and I talked to him all the time in the chat and stuff. So sometimes I feel like I'm talking to him all the time, mm -hmm. but it was getting cool to see him again, racing around. I liked for him how, uh, overwhelming the the convention was it seemed like to him at least the size of it, it was just like oh my god this is way bigger than i ever thought you know a convention could be because gen con is so big you tip number four have really good <laughs> shoes at gen con because you're gonna walk a million miles to go do yeah. all kinds of stuff like we went to that saturday game and I had parked over in Lucas Oil Stadium and you said, hey, meet me in the lobby. And I'm thinking, OK, I think I know where that's at. By the time I got there, I felt like I'd walked four miles to find you over in another hotel in JW Marriott, um, which was super cool. And then we walked to a restaurant and then we walked yeah. all the way back. And it was just like this huge amount of, of steps and walking around and moving and, and doing stuff. So be prepared for that because Gen Con is bigger than you actually can imagine. Um, you can see the picture I have right up on the overlay of just the people waiting to get in. is, And that's just one little small area. There's so much going on around it. Then you're walking around to go to like when we walked to the meetup, we walked what three or four blocks down. Mm -hmm. You were walking from your Airbnb to mm -hmm. and from quite a bit. Um, yeah, I took a lot of I took a lot of Ubers and because I got tired of walking. And I think the final day, um, it was like Sunday, and I'm like, okay, I think I'm ready for the con to be over. Like, like you had left, and uh, Graybeard and Indoor and uh, LB had all taken off as well. And I was like, mm -hmm. okay, what am I gonna do? I think I'll think I'll like walk the floor for a little bit. So I did, and then I'm like, I think I'm gonna go home. And I ended up getting one of those scooters that you can rent. And I mm -hmm. like drove that all the way to my Airbnb, which was really fun. So I got home in like 12 minutes instead of 25 or 30, which was really fun. 
but yeah that was the big thing that was the big thing i noticed this year that i had not seen in any other year that i've been there was all of a sudden electric um scooters Scooters, yeah everywhere yeah all over the place so that was really cool i didn't try one because i i just knew that i would fall break my arm or do something crazy (laughs) if i did one but they were everywhere that was something i just hadn't seen before um what was the other thing that was really interesting to me oh the other thing that surprised me that I didn't know about is how big of a game area JW Marriott puts up for gamers. Like we were yeah. in that third level ballroom and it was a large ballroom. And plenty and of could, open spaces. Yeah, like, you could go yeah. in there and you could play any game you wanted. There were tons of people in there playing games. The room was so big that it wasn't so loud like you get in a lot of the other um, areas. Because sometimes you go play, like when we did the Monty Cook game, the, the small room they put you in echoes so badly and there's so many people trying to be so loud at their tables and doing their things that it gets louder and louder and louder. And all of a sudden you feel like you're in a rock concert for trying to hear everything. By the time you get out of there, it's just your ears are like shaking in some of those rooms, but that room was really cool. And I feel like, man, we could really host some cool games there. So we had uh, Ted and I had a really great idea of like, we should get a group of people together and we'll, we'll all be like make level one characters and maybe there's maybe there's six of us. And so let's say Jordan's the DM and you all have level one characters and we play at Gen Con. We find one of those rooms and we play at Gen Con. And then next year at Gen Con, Lucian is the DM and we're all mm-hmm. level two. And then yeah. the year after that, someone else is the DM and we're all level three so that we can have these like Gen Con characters that we play and we and everybody somebody writes a one shot every year. And I was like, that would be so much fun. And then yeah. you kind of have this like m- this memorable Gen Con character. And then when we're level 20, you know, we're all 50 and 60 years old, like still going to Gen Con. <laughs> yeah, my, I my, plan on my it. son or daughter will be, uh, you know, 18 years old at this point And like <laughs> yeah. still calling you a nerd. <laughs> yeah, But I thought that was really cool. And that would be really fun because that's definitely yeah. definitely something I want to do in the future is I want to play more games, but I don't want to play with strangers. I want to find my friends and be like, I'll run a game for you. Like, that sounds really fun. Yeah. Um, just to have more more fun and more experiences with friends. Like signing up for all of these games was really cool. And I'm really happy that I got to play the Dungeon Crawl Classics game that I signed up for. But overall, uh, I, I if I'm going to play d and I'm like, I want to play D&D with friends, I think. Um, just yeah. to create those memories and have lots of fun. So, Yeah, was there anything, I can think of a couple from, from my side, but is there anything that you were sad you didn't get to do or you're like man next time i go i've got to definitely do this because i keep not doing it type of thing um i think i need to play more games on the floor like i played red dragon in but there it's so cumbersome to try and find the demo space because every time i walk by it and i'm like oh that looks like a cool game they're like yeah it's a 30 minute wait and i'm like okay Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that, um, I also signed up for a bunch of games that I'm now sad that I didn't go to. And so I think next year I want to get a hotel that's within, that's close. I want to get one of those like at the Marriott or, or at the yeah. Hyatt or something that's has the sky bridge that's within walking distance to the convention center. Um, because, I had like a Barovia game at Sunday at 8 a.m. And I'm like, it's just not going to happen. I'm not going to get to Gen Con at 8 a.m. Um, mm-hmm. on Sunday. Uh, but I wish I had because that was going to be my whole intro to Barovia. And it was going to explain all about like Ravenloft. And I was going to be I was really excited for that. And so there there are things that I definitely missed out on just because of partying too hard and staying up too late. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I was thinking mine was definitely the. I've really done a good job of my schedule between like you're saying that 8 a.m. part to um, right after the hall closes, which is about 6 p.m. But you might be able to hang out there or do some stuff till seven or eight. So I've done really good about that type of schedule, getting the things I want to do or or working around that. But what I haven't done really good is that schedule from say 7 p.m till midnight or one or two, I could be packing that with what you said exactly just a few minutes ago was yeah. playing games with my friends or setting, hey, let's, we're all going to meet back and we're going to run through, we've got an actual campaign we're going to run through. We're going to play a real, something we had set up or we've been yeah. previously already ready to go or here's this cool board game that we want to do. So we're going to, we're going to play. I want to do more of that and I've not organized enough of that. Um, so I'm hoping next year I can do 
a little bit better job of, of that scheduled time. Cause I feel like I'm not using that time up well enough. Sometimes there was a party we'd go to or something, or you might go to a dinner with somebody. So that kind of fills up some of that, but there's still a lot of space there that you could fill mm-hmm. in with game playing. That would be really fun. What, so really what time were you getting home? I should ask. It was different every night. Sometimes yeah. it was um, 11 or midnight. I, one time I got back at 6.30. So okay. I was at the hotel pretty early. Um, and then it just fluctuated just depending on how I kept my schedule throughout. So sometimes it was late, sometimes yeah. it was early. We should try um, to get a hotel room like closer to the thing. Yes. And then and then I yes. think we can, because if I can squeeze in more, like I think we can squeeze in more games that way. And then we can yeah. definitely play. Some well, yeah. And if I have a room there, which is my goal for next year, that's the second goal I would say is that I want, just like you, I want a hotel that's attached. Um, because then I, I would be more comfortable with saying, hey, I'm hosting a game here. And it's not a big burden for people to come to where I'm at. Like yeah. right now, if people want to come where I'm at, they'd have to go out to the hotel that I'm at, which is a 20 minute drive yeah. out towards the airport, which isn't bad. But it's a it's a it's a bigger thing. Although half the people that play were already out that way, they were at a Super Eight out near the hall, <laughs> the yeah. airport, and I was at a um, I was at a Holiday Inn near the airport. So, but being there, people can come and hang out. And there's a, and JW Marriott opened my eyes to possibilities because of the rooms <laughs> they they make available to just play games. Mm-hmm. And do, I mean, there were lobby areas where you could just sit on some couches and had a big table that nobody was around. You could have had a cool game going right there. Was there was some guy Nobody prepping a game. Like yeah. we, we walked by and he had all these notebooks out and he was like prepping some RPG or something. And it was just like, yeah, this guy knows what's going on. Like, Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I think, my big thing. Always the idea with those for any of those that are saying, hey, here you should do that. Or, yeah, that's what I would have done, too. Why wouldn't you guys do that? The biggest deal is that most of those rooms are taken up very quickly through the lottery when they open them up. Yeah. They're hard to get, and they are definitely an expensive room. They jack those prices up during the Gen Con week, so you're paying anywhere. I think Ted said he paid 300 something for his room. The one I was going to get at the JW Marriott that I turned down, because I could have had a room this year at JW Marriott, was 220 something and I was the only one that was going to be in it at first, so I turned it down. I thought, you know what, I'm just going to save some money yeah. because then I can buy some cool games. You know, and take those home instead of that really expensive room. But if you can get somebody to go in with you, if you can get some splitsies kind of going on, you get a couple of people sharing a room, you can make bring that affordability down. Yeah. And now you're right there on site. I want to I want to have and, a room in the trains. You never even, did you go over to that hotel? No. There's train cars are the rooms. No, I should that take you over cool. there at some point. There's another one. You went to like the north side hotels quite a bit, but on the east side there is um, a skyway that walks over to one of the other. Um, I think it's the Clarion or Clariat or something like that. Hmm. And when you walk in, it looks like they built the room like it's a bunch of old style 1920s train cars, but they are actually rooms people stay and sleep in. Hmm. Really cool. It's really fun. Um, so that was the other one I wanted to try to get in at some point because it's right there. When you come over that sky bridge, you're right there at the, the vendor hall. Yeah. Right next to the vendor hall. So that's really cool. Yeah. And really, you, you just need a place to sleep. Like you're not doing a lot of, you're not doing much else in your hotel room besides sleeping. So yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause you're just out hanging out. So, so definitely maybe we should try to hit up the lottery next year and try to get a, a room. And so then... I feel like we can't not do in this show. Somebody got to go to a really exciting after party kind oh, of thing. Psh. There's gotta be <laughs> at least a story of some sort from that. What Give us something from that. So Ted from Nerd Immersion had uh, he got a tick. He got invited to the D and D Beyond after party for the the Critical Role after party, um, and he had a plus one. And he's like, "Do you want me to be my plus one?" And I'm like, "Yes, I do." So I ended up going to uh, this like swanky party um, at D and D Beyond hosted for Critical Role, um, and I think if you look on Twitter, there's a video out of Sam and Liam like mm-hmm. throwing money. And like doing shots and just kind of things like that. That was what they filmed that after the party, apparently, because I looked around and I'm just like, well, there's not a lot of people in the background. And that was a pretty hopping party. So I think after the party shut down, they like filmed a bunch of stuff um, to make that video. But uh, yeah, like I went to this really cool party. It was really fun. And we uh, had like 
it was an open bar and so there was like lots of drinks going around and uh lots of hors d'oeuvres and stuff it just kind of felt i was totally underdressed i'm like i'm just wearing like my uh tomb of annihilation shirt like it was awesome <laughs> and i was like I don't, I don't know no there wasn't any karaoke um but i got to meet a lot of a lot of podcasters were there and a lot of Twitch streamer people. So um, I introduced myself and I met a bunch of really cool people. One person had heard of me. So I, I was definitely not in the YouTube crowd uh, where I think a lot of them are podcasters and Twitch streamers. And they, they work with D&D Beyond because of podcasting and Twitch streaming and D&D Beyond uh, promotes them in some way. Mm -hmm. um, but not YouTube. So they didn't really know who I was. And a lot of people equated it to the D and D live event that they had, um, that was, uh, in LA that they did a mm -hmm. while ago. And D D beyond had another similar party where like Patrick, Pat Rothfuss was there and a bunch of other like notable figures in the D and D community. So we're all hanging out. And then sure enough, uh, the cast of critical role minus, uh, Travis and his, is it Laura? I, I Laura. feel Laura. I'm Laura like, Bailey. I know their names kind of, uh, they <laughs> minus those two, they all showed up and like met a whole bunch of people. And I wanted to approach them and say hi, but I didn't really have anything to talk about. And they were already being mobbed by a bunch of people. So I, I kind of just stuck with the people that I, I knew and chatted with them, but I got to meet a bunch of people that I streamed with. Like I had a really good conversation with, uh, uh Laura and I had a really good conversation with Bianca Zelda and um, I met uh, the V, the crafting muse, who was on my, mm -hmm. um, she was on my D&D uh, &D quiz show. So I got to meet her in real life and we chatted for quite a bit. Um, so it was like super fun. And there were, uh, but the, like the McElroy brothers were there. Uh, Travis McElroy came up to say goodbye to Zelda or Bianca Zelda. And I was like, hey, can I shake your hand? He's like, absolutely. So I shook Travis McElroy's hand from the Adventure Zone, which was really fun. Um, and yeah, that, that was a once in a lifetime opportunity and I'm very thankful for it. And it was really cool to, to meet a lot of awesome people. So, yeah. Yeah. So that was Maybe. that. Um, and that's why I stayed out way too late on Saturday, <laughs> got home like midnight 30. Um, and it was really funny. So I was, it was like 1145 and I'm like, I think I'm going to go. And I was kind of like looking to get an Uber to go home. And Ted's just like, you can't leave. What if they come out and they're just like presents for everybody? And I'm like, they're not going to come out and presents for everybody. And he's like, you don't know. He's like, what if, what if they come out and they just start throwing money? And I'm like, they're not going to, you're, you're being funny. That's hilarious. <laughs> and then I kid you not, 10 minutes later, Sam and Liam come out as the new presidents, co-presidents of D&D Beyond. And they just start throwing money everywhere. <laughs> and they ended up throwing um, $100 bills. And I caught one and it, and I've got it in my wallet here. And it turned out to be play money. But uh, it was it was party with pride. Uh, yeah, there we go. So he he threw out a bunch of these these fake hundred dollar bills, um, and it would have been really cool to get him to sign it. Now yeah. that I think about it in hindsight, it'd be like, hey, like you throw, can you just sign this quick because I want to. That would be really cool. But um, it was also it was also not a party where they were. Like there, there are, you know, you go to, you wait in line to go meet them and get something signed. You don't just mm -hmm. like mob them for photos and stuff at a, at a party yeah. like this, but, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was really cool. That was, that was my, that was it. I went to this swanky party. Hopefully I get invited uh, and I'm not just a plus one in the future, but who knows? <laughs> we'll see. Take what you can get. Take yeah. what you can get. Yeah. So I think my last question, then your Airbnb would you do that again? Or was there anything good or bad about Airbnb instead of a hotel? I know I've done the hotel experience the whole time I was there. Actually, the first year I went, I had a friend that lived in Indianapolis. So I stayed at his house. Oh, that's cool. And then he would drive me in and drop me off, which was really cool. The only reason I wouldn't normally do that is I felt like I was imposing on him too much to say, hey, can yeah. you drop me off at this time? Can you come and get me? So that's why I started doing the hotel because I didn't want to feel like I was you know, taking over his life for that kind of stuff. But it was really cool that he let me stay at his house that first year. But what about Airbnb? I've not tried that. Is that something to look into next year or? Uh, well, it was really good because I wasn't sharing a room. So, mm -hmm. uh, and, and so I could kind of come and go as I please, but it was in somebody's house. So mm -hmm. they had like a lock on their door and I just typed in the keypad number and I go into their house to get to my room. Um, again, it, you just need a place to sleep. In my mind, my Airbnb was uh, one one point three miles away, and I was mm -hmm. like, "Oh, I can walk that, no problem." That turned out to be like a thirty minute walk every day, which is why I was just like, "Ah, this is just a little too much. Like, I don't want to do it." Um, so, would I Airbnb again if it was 
my only option, but I really want to get a hotel in the yeah. convention center next year. Um, right. I think that's what I would like to do. Uh, but they were very nice people. I had a great time. Um, their review of me, cause Airbnb like reviews their <clears> guests <throat> were just like, we barely saw Jordan. He was in town <laughs> for a convention. And I think he came home at like 11 o'clock every night, which is true. So mm -hmm. I just wasn't, I just wasn't there except to sleep. But, yeah. um, but it was, it was a nice place and would, uh, yeah, it's all about location more mm -hmm. than luxury for me. So I just kind of, yeah. I don't, I'm not picky. I can sleep on a floor in a sleeping bag. Like I'm not, I just need a, I just need a floor in a sleeping bag to sleep in. So I brought you a cot, man. You, 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 you did. That's true. Floor. <laughs> yeah. No, that was great. And that was, a. That <laughs> I brought you camping gear. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, I think that was our Gen Con stuff. I mean, there's a million more stories to tell and I'm sure over our shows, we'll talk about more of them, but D and D news wise, was there? I think the only thing I saw that left. <laughs> we didn't get to, yeah, as we get into the last few minutes here, they did put out some more stuff about the Adventure League season nine, and it sounds like there's still a lot of people unsure of how this is going to work. Maybe not liking the way the XP system is going to. They're going to switch to milestones instead of like hours per played, and there's still a lot of movement on what these rules are going to be for season nine, but they've got to narrow them down because when descent for Avernus comes out, that's kind of, I think when season nine kicks yeah. off. So I'm yeah. thinking that eventually they've got to narrow these down. Um, so keep an eye out on that. You can find there any of their rules out on D and D adventures league.org. If you want to find that's their site that where they put all that stuff at, yeah. and they've had some surveys that went out and they've had some blog posts about what they're going to do with treasure and XP. Cause that seems to be the big changes are about treasure and XP. Yeah. Yeah, and like uh, it, it, it looks like the just there's an article I'm looking at right now called "Zeroing In on Magic Items," and it's the last yeah. one that they've published. Um, and it looks like magic items will stay with the adventure, but not the character. So you'll you'll lose certain magic items when you leave Tomb of Annihilation to go into Descent for Avernus and things like that. Yeah. Um, and it's I don't know, it's kind of weird because you want your character to like items kind of define your character. And I think about my adventure league character and I've got a ring of spell storing and I'm like, I don't want to lose that. Like I actively use that and I've, I've kind of worked it in as part of like my, my attacking build is that I have these spell slots that I, that I can pump charges into and stuff. And so I don't know, it's yeah. adventure leagues changing a lot. It's yeah. probably we'll for the best. Like it's probably for the best, but it makes me uh, a little sad that you don't have this cool character that you could just take anywhere, but you know, because uh, mm -hmm. the whole concept was, is that you could just take this character and go anywhere. And so you kind of are tied to this character. And now this character is getting tied to seasons and it's getting tied to this and it can't have these items and it can't have this. And it's like, well, why don't I just go play with my friends then where I can have all of that stuff. So I don't know. Right. Yep, I agree. And I know we'll be talking about it more as we go, as we get closer and closer to it happening and releasing. And uh, so we'll keep, we'll keep you guys up to date. Um, we definitely got a lot more games that we'll probably talk about soon. Campaign wise, um, I didn't have any, I, I told all my people that we weren't doing any games during that whole week. So there was no games going on, but I had, I did start my prep for my Greyhawk game, nice. which is um, using the Numenera rule set, but in the Greyhawk setting. And it's going to be over on the Greyhawk Twitch channel, which is really cool. So I've got a group of players, and it's a really good group of players. So I'm excited for this to happen in September is when we kick that off. So it's kind of like the fall season for them. And it's a really cool channel. I know you're playing on it right now, and mm -hmm. I went over and looked at their schedule. They've got a lot of good volunteer DMs. They've got a lot of cool players over there. Um, it seems to be a really fun and cool channel for people to get together and play on. And they're always looking for more players and more volunteer GMs. So if you're that type of person out there and you wanted to do a streaming game in some way, uh, maybe take Greyhawk a look at their affiliated. channel. They're doing pretty good. Yeah. You and, gotta, yeah. It's gotta be set in the Greyhawk world on the Greyhawk channel, but uh, yeah. that's uh, really cool. Um, I know that Lex was thinking about doing a Dungeon Crawl Classics game in the Greyhawk world, but he's like the gods of Dungeon Crawl Classics are so tied to DCC that it's kind of hard to transition Greyhawk gods into those. But um, who knows? Uh, maybe he'll figure it out because we're playing a BX D&D game right now, which is a lot of fun, um, cool. which is today. So if you want to check out the Greyhawk channel, you can check it out today at, uh, I think, 1 p.m. Pacific. And I will be on the Greyhawk channel 
playing uh, Anger the Cleric. I've, I've, I've lost four to five characters now. I can't remember. Um, <laughs> and we're, and I've, to, to the point where I'm just giving single names to my, like, name and profession. That's all you get. You're Joe no the background. Fighter. Or, yeah, there's no background. He's, and so he's just Anger the Cleric because we'll see how long he lasts. Um, yeah. And in hindsight, or thinking about it, I should make uh, another backup character just in case Anger dies. But or let some of my some of my some of my other uh, compatriots open locked doors and things like that so that I don't roll to save versus death, which happened to one of our players. <laughs> yeah. uh, and for all those of you that are watching, make sure if you have any questions for us about what we did at Gen Con or if we missed something or if we if you just wanted to know or ask a question about it, uh, mm -hmm. put it in the comments and we'll we'd love to talk to you about it and answer that stuff. Hope to see you there next year. Um, that's all the stuff I was thinking about. That's what all the stuff I saw in the notes. Well, how about you, Jordan? Got anything left? Nope, I'm good. Uh, like, I'm <laughs> I'll talk about Salt Marsh next week, and I'll talk about uh, my BX game where I died next week, because um, that, nice. that can all wait till next week. Because this was kind of our Gen Con, Gen Con talk about show. So anyway, <laughs> yeah. uh, thank you guys so much for coming out. Thank you for liking and subscribing and all of that really cool stuff. We really appreciate all of your love and support for our humble podcast. If you feel so inclined, please leave a review on iTunes. If you're watching this on YouTube, there's a link below that will take you to um, the iTunes page where you can write us a review and things like that, which would be awesome. Um, other than that, you're amazing. Go to Gen Con and hang out with us next year. Uh, mm -hmm. If we go, or if Jordan goes, because he has a baby, so we'll see if what his wife says. But anyway, that's that. We'll figure that out in in <laughs> eleven months. It's great. Yeah. Uh, really awesome. Uh, take care, everybody, and we will see you next week with another episode of the Saturday Morning D and D Show. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Our intro and outro music is 8-Bit March by Twin Musicom, licensed under Creative Commons. Check out their website at www.twinmusicom.org.